I remember loving it, but it was great. Because I used to watch that, and then Pinky and the Brain. So. Pinky and the Brain, yeah. and then um, what well, other ones came out of that? There was uh, Tiny Toons, which was not really. The no, same no, that's thing, that pre, uh, that's still a predecessor. Steven, still Steven Steven's yeah. yeah, but um, thing about Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain, not too many cartoons have valid spinoffs. Right, because mm-hmm. right. spinoffs in television are rare. If not good, when they actually happen as well. Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into today's episode of Escaping Podcast. The best podcast in Colorado Springs when it comes to all things geek, nerdy, and everything in between. And by everything in between, he means the minutes, the moments, the days when your senpai notices you. Mm. Today, we are talking about Japanese influence in Western culture. As always, I am your host, Daniel Rojas, joined by... Kels for Show, a.k.a. The Prince of All A.K.A.'s, a.k.a. His A.K.A.'s, over 9,000! That's Kelsey. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, that's my Vegeta voice. I just wanted another reason. It's a whole persona, and when it happens... Sometimes it can't be stopped. Mm. True that, and... Felt it in my soul. I'm glad you did, because <laughs> once we get some YouTube shit popping, hopefully sooner than later, there's going to be a lot of bad impersonations brought to you by yours truly. <laughs> my Trump is on point. I got a little Chris Rock, some Shannon Sharp, some Stephen A. Smith. I got that Vegeta cooking. Best believe I got a little Wolverine in me somewhere. <laughs> When, they, when he popped them claws, it's as long what? as his tombstone is so far. So yeah, yeah it, eventually it's just gonna be a building you go yeah. in, and there will be different pictures of Kelsey throughout his life with different AKAs. Exactly. And then, and then what we do is we put a Spotify code on there. Yeah. That of uh, you know what song reminds you of that Kelsey? Exactly. Yeah. You're so complex. That's why I'm so simple. All I gotta say, sometime bub, we got flaws. You get the claws. <laughs> <laughs> And across the table from Kelsey or Wolverine or... No, 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 no. Address me as James, please, and thank you. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy over here is sitting across from... Dino Mike. Michelle, a.k.a. No intro. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have no yeah, intro. Yeah, still. you know what? You know what? It, it's fine. <laughs> but also, you just said Michelle is like synonymous with no intro. It is. Yeah. Damn. 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 Okay. Yeah. Like Jean Grey is Jean Grey, but also she could be famous, but she's like, nah. So talking about uh, Jean Grey and Wolverine, Wolverine did spend time in Japan. Yeah. And today oh, we're talking did. about the Japanese influence in Western culture. Yes. Yep. So what are some of the shows or some of the, the, the things that you grew up with that really were the first influence that you got from that Japanese culture? Mm. Okay. So for me, um, some of my um, some of my earliest memories are of music and TV cartoons in general, and one of those programs were, was of course Thundercats, mm-hmm. which was not a Japanese uh, property, but it was um, heavily influenced. Yes, but heavily influenced because mm-hmm. the animation took place in Japan, right? right and, but right. it was made to sell toys, like a lot of things in the '80s. And there's a TV series on Netflix uh, called Toys of My Youth for Childhood. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. I know I talked about it on a previous episode, episode, but you should definitely check that out. But Thundercats, Voltron, um, Transformers. Transformers was a huge it, one. And exactly. obviously, yeah. obviously definitely. we're not talking about like the animes that we watched. Exactly. Because that's easy. And mm-hmm. we will be doing another re- anime yeah. review. We definitely will because that's... It's so training right now. How could you not be? And trying to fit that into the two episodes that we did yeah. previously was a mistake. So but if you are a listener, we want to bring it back again. Growing up in the Korean culture, yeah. you know, my mother is Korean, and so a lot of that influence, 
you get your Hello Kitty. Yes. And mm. your Puka. Hello and Kitty was everywhere. Was Puka the frog? No, Puka was the little girl. Okay, like, I know Puka. Yeah. That's who I remember. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, Hello Kitty, was that uh, just, I, I thought that was imported over here. It was, yeah, but it, it was Japanese, Sanrio, yeah. that culture. So, you know, but in Korea, you know, they also share that kind of same characters. Well, and you have a wealth of exactly. amazing stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of my introduction to it, and I loved it. And I remember going to New York City and buying, like, the pencils and the little pencil holders and, and erasers, erasers and <laughs> yes. everything you can think of they, they had. Anything. They and had now the, it's like... Uh, Hello Kitty dildos. Hello I'm like, Kitty oh, dildos. okay. Hello I mean, that's the perfect dildo. <laughs> progress. Like, Hello Kitty. I'm a. Whoa. I'm plastic. Pussy? Yes, no, like, I'm a dick. I want to say hello to the kitty. Motion, like, motion, all... You get things like that. Um, Sanrio is huge, you know? Everybody knows that. Um, For those people that don't, what is that? It's just the little characters from the company, Sanrio. Oh, okay. Kind of like in Korea, Lotte is the, or L O T T E. Lotte. I, I don't know how Americans say Are it. you talking about the, the corn? No. Lotte? No. Lotte? <laughs> Lotte? Oh, that's their company. Corn, and the they have yeah. and the spices and the yeah. cilantro. Mm. And they have their characters. <laughs> so, you know, these companies create these animation animated Iconic characters that I, we characters. love. Yes. Yeah, they, you can see yeah. them anywhere and just be like, I know where that's from. I exactly. call my Jaden Smith. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, one of the biggest ones uh, growing up as a kid, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a TV show, a cartoon called Big Guy and Rusty. Big Guy and Rusty came out the same time on Fox Kids when they had um, freelance, um, Sam and Matt's freelance release. Yes! That time period. And they was pulling from more indie-style comic books. That's also when the Godzilla cartoon was out. The Godzilla also cartoon based very on... very Based on the American Godzilla movie, which was trash. But that cartoon, but cartoon was dope. And also at the same time, that animation studio was also doing the animation for the Men in Black cartoon on w, um, WB Kids. Uh, no, that Men in Black, the, the animated series, was one of those shows that made everything you knew in the movies almost obsolete because... The show was just immensely better. And there were some elements in there, too, of that Eastern culture. And then we're going to just um, keep it for the time periods, moving from, like, the 90s to, like, the late 90s to the early 2000s. And then you had things like um, Adult Swim comes out with Toonami. Toonami was amazing and changed everything with their late-night programming. Exactly. It made all of those shows the anime, the hardcore stuff, accessible to us. And with Toonami, you also have, of course, you can't have Toonami without Cartoon Network, and it gave us the Powerpuff Girls, which was heavily influenced by the so, anime so culture. So, easily to tell that, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. From, and, and Powerpuff Girls was amazing. Exactly. Like, I still refer to uh, women, depending on their friend group, as Powerpuff Girls, because <laughs> the archetypes and the dynamic between the crew is very simple. You have... Blossom, the mother hen, I'm not going to say alpha, but she's the one that has to take charge. She's she the, more is the leader, for sure. A.K.A. the Leonardo, the Cyclops in most situations. Then you have Buttercup, my fave, which is the tough, the rude one, yeah, no. the Raphael, the Wolverine, and most of the times it's going to be the lesbian, the tomboy in the crew, but, you know, do what you think, wow. do what you want with it. Hot take. Exactly. Hot take, Michelle. And then finally, out of the trio, trio you have um, Bubbles. She's the naive, she's the nice, she's mm-hmm. You could say dim with it. She's a lovable naive. one. I would Depending say on how you slice it. innocent. Innocent, yes. Naivety and innocence. She's still smart, hand hand. and there are moments yes. where Bubbles does get, you know, like, 
pushed yeah. to that edge where she's like, all right, bitch, I'm still a Powerpuff Girl. I think girl. she's a little too positive compared exactly. to the yes. And she's definitely yeah. the Michelangelo, the Iceman type mm. character in this art. Like, yo, I'm here to have a good time. I'm fun. I'm young. Off but, topic, do you remember the ice cream trucks when you would get the Powerpuff Girls and they and always had the little yes. fucked up face? Powerpuff Girls, Sonic, Ninja Turtles, yeah. Buzz Bunny, Tweety Bird. <laughs> You're expecting fucking Blossom or Buttercup and then yeah. you get Sloth from the Goonies. Exactly. And it's just a mess, but it still tastes yeah. delicious. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so with these shows you've seen growing up, how would you say now as adults they represented that culture knowing now more about it than you did at that point? Yeah, I mean, for me, there were certain shows that did it justice, and I think I I love the style. The Japanese have a way of making almost like a cinematic value, um, and that's what I saw in like Gargoyles oh, yes. and X Men. Mm. But then, like you X-Men know, evolution Power- for sure. Oh yeah, oh, don't do that. But then, like Powerpuff and everything, I felt like the drawing was more lazy compared a bit. to yeah, no, yeah for sure. Japanese culture, where it's like very detailed. And, I mean, they even had the movement of the hair and anime to portray certain feelings. So, sometimes American drawing can get a little bit lazy. Word. For sure. And my counter to that point would be the fact that there's different um, levels and different subgenres of anime. Yeah. So, then, like you were speaking about, you have the more detailed anime, like your Akira's and things like that, things like that, and Tenchi Munoz and um, Inuyasha's. But then you also have the opposite side, which is the chibi, more lighthearted, funny, cutesy type anime, kind of Mm -hmm. more like you were talking about earlier with um, Hello Kitty and Powerpuff Girls focus on that element of the art style. And then from that, Focusing to now, we have a show called Teen Titans Go on Cartoon Network, which yeah. is one of the most popular shows. Maybe because that's like the only show they show most of the day, every day. Mm-hmm. And it plays heavy into the chibiness of that niche of anime culture because we, for the most part, all realize that Teen Titans, the OG series, is one of the best cartoons ever. Mm-hmm. And that was influenced by Japanese culture, especially anime, from the action lines, the stylization of the characters, and how they um, inc- incorporated the humor into that shit. And what's funny, I always find um, interesting too, is that fans now love Teen Titans for that, but back then, people hated on Teen Titans because it was so m- influenced by anime. It was like, oh, this is one this won't be yeah. anime. Oh, this is trash. But now they all love that but shit. But that's the thing with all fans. Like, yeah. even Star Wars fans, Star Trek fans, they always want to, we are the unique ones. We're the ones that made this style. But then they realize, you know, everybody influences each other. Exactly. So like, I loved it for the purpose of, calm down. purpose of it being anime influenced. And yeah. I like the story. But then some people are like, no, nah, fuck it. But now they're like, no, it was so great. Like, Really? Now you're on the bandwagon? (laughs) Well, and with that, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit where you have your Hello Kitty stuff, but then something we just got recently, what is it, Agresco? Uh, uh, Agresco. Agresco, and and that is a cute character. Yes. And that's American. Is that the raccoon you guys know? No, 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 no. Red Red Panda. Panda. Put some respect on her name, please. I I don't know. You only had me watch one episode. Because you wasn't feeling it. I was about to force feed you. I had a lot of tequila that day. You always have a lot of tequila. (laughs) So you've you've got Gresco, and that is now more of the widely accepted American-made animes. Mm, American-animes, if you will. Ooh, I like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, we need to coin that phrase. We need to Write that that down right now. You also had when uh, Avatar The Last Airbender first came out, Mm -hmm. people were a bit angry that it was an American-made anime. 
because they're like, you're stealing from this culture to do your own thing. But look how beautiful that show mm-hmm. was. And obviously influenced by Japanese yeah. uh, exactly. you know, tradition. When Korra came along, it was, you know, already a beloved art style. And then you've got Dragon Prince, mm. which is in that same kind of realm. Do you fuck with Dragon Prince? I do. Whoa, whoa, are you current? No, I'm a, I'm a little bit behind. Okay, because I'm not I, familiar with. I fuck with Dragon Prince. Well, I've been trying to tell this nigga Ross to fuck with <laughs> Dragon Prince. He needs to. They got picked up with four more seasons. I know. The thing about Dragon Prince and Avatar, we about to go on a, a little split conversation real quick, is the fact that I feel like it just doesn't have that whimsical heart because right, we know right. where it's going yes. and it's still a good show don't it's get me wrong it's still fantastic story, but there's, like, there's an it's element, that element that is missing it's that Mati yes are you yes. saying it has ties to the airbender or no no it's from the same creators of Avatar however uh, so a lot the same of guy the, who voices Sokka who was also in Dorm Life yeah he does the main voice was also on all that as a kid who okay. was also on a YouTube channel uh, Jack, Jack and Chris he voices the main character yeah so if you have that white Sokka brother. feel He's there. And he's very sucker ish. He's very So there's a lot of overlap between Avatar and Dragon Prince. So once you know that it's from the same people, you can start to see a lot of the same elements. Even though like how they structure yeah. the books and the episodes. Right. But it's still good, but it's just like that's the one thing that is misses that jovialness that Aang brought to it. Yes. It's very bright. And if mm. you wanna know, you know, if you wanna listen to more of Kelsey talk about uh, Avatar or Korra, check out the episodes that, they, that they've done recently on Yo! Mm-hmm. Where the Captions at. That's obviously on our network. <laughs> We're going to take a break real quick and tell you about some more shit that we have coming to our network. Shit that we have served up and talked about and cultivated, especially for you. The best shit. The Chicago bullshit of shit, baby. <laughs> Dynasty's in the making, baby. The shitberg McCronenberg. It Woo! is a monstrosity, but we made it for you. Oh, it'll take more than one flush to get that down, baby. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> How's it going, guys? This is Daniel. And Kelsey Show, a.k.a. Kelsey Greer. And today we're going to give you a little introduction to a new show that's coming to our network. Our network is growing and we're really excited about what's happening. But instead of us telling you about the show, we figured we'd let the hosts of it bring you in on what's coming up. Guys? All right. Hey, guys. Uh, we are three guys, ten eyes. Uh, just three guys. Two of us wear glasses. Simple math. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just are going over... Simple entertainment topics, pop culture, sports, music, interviews, and stuff like that as well for the local scene. Yeah, we're just going to try to bring up the community. If you have anything that you're starting up, your career, we'd like to have you on the show. Just hit us up. We have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah, all of those at three guys, uh, ten eyes. Ten eyes. Word. And do you want to give us your names individually, or is this one collective? Is this, an like an, yeah, is this an anonymous thing, yeah. or are you all three attached like a Cerberus? Uh, well, <laughs> we are all three attached at the hip. It's kind of it's, it's kind of like Siamese, disgusting to look Siamese at, twins. I have to say. Them hips don't lie, though. Well, yeah. it's actually more hips than could lie. Uh, unfortunately, we have very small hips, so we're just literally... <laughs> like an Instagram model. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I go by Young Pyramid. Uh, I also make music, so check me out well, on what that. What type of music do you make? I make hip-hop uh, and like alternative hip-hop. Do you play live instruments, or is it just like... No, it's bad. it's all like he beats, the and then I make my own lyrics, and Yo. I rap. Yo, we might have to talk, bro. <laughs> no, we will so when can we expect uh, to hear from you guys next uh, we are posting every Tuesday we go live right now on Facebook uh, that'll be going on every Sunday and probably for another three weeks uh, and that's on my on my Facebook Derek Shreve you want to go and push we got his name now 
Okay, yeah. you wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my social, <laughs> my my social is six six six. So hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we just lost our whole Christian following. Right? No, 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 no. On this network, I think you just oh, built they? some more. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You can't believe in God while believing in the beast, baby. Cool, cool. And then, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm what, Ultimate what? Dusty. Uh, I just do gardening and oh, gaming. Right. Yeah. What type oh, of gardening? All kinds, man. We got pumpkins growing, watermelon what? growing. I've been trying to grow some collard greens. My garden's been fucking up lately, but then again, I haven't put too much intention. Okay, to it. yeah, I ain't, we haven't uh, tried no collard greens, but we got kale and lettuce and all that good stuff okay. coming in. Uh, just today, we harvested some cucumbers and tomatoes. Hey, yo, you grow some tomatoes? Give them to me when they're green. I'm frying them some bitches up. Same you can probably do, do that with the yeah the, the abusive husband. Exactly, yeah, always. Crazy. And uh, you, uh, I'm Christian. I don't rap or garden. I just work at a grocery store. Damn, yes, <laughs> you are my the man. fucking man, the everyday essential. person. Yep. Yes, yeah, too essential. Sometimes, <laughs> too right. essential. <laughs> so we're looking forward to having you guys on the network, and I know that you listening out there right now. I can't tell you how exciting this is, how fucking wet you should be getting. Don't do that. I did. I'm, I'm dripping. <laughs> I'm honestly a little scared. You're right? gonna mop around should here. be. Yeah, no, no. A healthy dose of fear will always keep you alive. It's, it's kind of just one of the rules of the network. You come in here, we all get naked, we record, and it's good to be a little afraid. Well, so, well. <laughs> saves you on AC well, costs too. Well, well, the well, fact well. that we are in a basement and it's cooler does not help the fact that I'm still sweating. Um, we have them coming onto the network starting next month. Be ready because it's going to get crazy. Guys, thanks for being here and uh, let's get back to the show. Exactly. All right, we're back. And going with what we were just talking about, there's another show that has come out, the new She Ra. And that mm-hmm. is also very much. It, it, in this, it's like a, a descendant because mm-hmm. we got Avatar and Legend of Korra from the influences from the Japanese culture. Then from there, we got Dragon Prince. And then as if it was influenced by Dragon Prince and Legend of Korra and Avatar, we got She-Ra. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's why I will back <laughs> on that. It was, to me, because I just finished it last night, it has more influence from the Sailor Moon magical girl genre of anime because it's a lot of transformations. It's yeah. very female um, oriented in the fact like they want to make this for young women and also and also they want to play into the fact like yo you don't need a man like they have that angle too because like spoiler alert um, Adora who turns into She-Ra and Catra they were best friends for a long time and they end up being a couple in the show and some people felt a way about that um, similar to the way they felt something about Korra and Asami and Elizabeth Korra um, me being me, I have no problem with anybody loving who they want to love. Yeah, as long as yeah. that shit is healthy, it doesn't. You know, you're not out there killing people, sacrificing babies, any wild shit like yeah. that. But in the, the day, I just feel like when you want to do that, something like that, and you know the audience you're um, doing it for, you should do it with respect and care and dedication, and make it a great story arc. Like, just don't do it for the sake of doing it. Like, do it with a purpose. And I just feel like. The core, um, just like with Korra, that could have been handled way better. She-Ra could have been handled better. It was because towards the end, you kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, these are cartoons aimed for kids. So normally, you don't go in thinking like these two characters are gonna be together. Yeah. But if that was their idea from Jump Street, they could have fleshed it out way better and made it a more compelling 
story. Cause yeah. when, cause More when, fluid. Exactly. Because it's like, all right, cool, cool. Now it's like, oh, she could just be her best friend. And you just love your best friend. Because that happens all the time in anime. Yeah. But then when they're like, yo, I love her, like, Oh, you do like yeah. oh now everything starts to make sense. For more a oh, young okay. adult crowd, they exactly. they think you know friendships could be bound by exactly. just that and not more of an intimate level. I guess exactly. I, I have to make a counterpoint to that. Yeah, because I think it is important to show kids love who you're gonna love, and it's okay. The LGBTQ movement can exist in that, and, and I think it should exist in that because oh, yeah. there are kids mm. who have those feelings, who know who they are, and. Like, even as a kid, you, you, you're you figuring out who you are, but to see that representation yeah. is important because it doesn't just make it, okay, well, they're just friends, yeah. when you can have kid shows where there are love interests that are heteronormal. Yeah. Exactly, and with that Which show is, also, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I don't mean to cut you off my show, yeah. but in the show, they already have, um, like, Bo, his, he has dads, and then there's other characters that have moms, and, like, you handled those well, like, it was no big focus, there's no mm-hmm. block, it is what it is, but I was just saying, like, do it, do it well. Like, mm-hmm. just don't like, cause life's not easy. And when you have something like that, that is still like, we're still at the cusp of understanding like how to introduce kids mm-hmm. to like same sexness as of as far as the masses go. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we here, we all represent, we all love all that shit. We cool, but we also have to uh, understand. Different people aren't going to be that accepting. Yeah. And I see where you're coming from, Daniel. And I'm not trying to, like, knock you or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's not what I'm doing. But yeah, I, I see what you come from 1,000%. It's just, like, hopefully as things evolve forward, they could take that in consideration and being like, all right, from this point on, we're going to the show knowing this. So we're going to plant the eggs here. Just like when any other heterosexual show, you know, yeah. oh, they're going to end up hooking up yeah. together. Because it's just apparent and that's the thing it's like make it more fluid make it it is just part of the story don't make it the main plot of the story because when i think you do that and you make something the main plot you're pandering to a certain audience and then you lose another part i think i don't i don't think it's pandering i think with that the same way you can have alfalfa loving darla right out the gate yeah and the story is the little rascals but there's still that love interest for children mm-hmm. having same sex or even non-binary yeah. uh, folks it, it, with romance i don't think it's pandering i think it's simply representation uh, no it is but it depends on how you present it exactly and, and, with and, and a lot of like, of like comic yeah. in a lot of comic films and a lot of um, films in general lately you start to see that where they want to make a certain audience happy with their work. So they're like, we're going to incorporate this and then make it very obvious and blunt. Whereas you can you can still introduce it, make it natural, more organic, without it being like... Here you go. What if yeah. that, but, yeah. but what if that is the creator's design? Art then to, to have then that's fine because I will say with the creators of the new Shira that was their plan and yeah. that's what that's one of the things too because I went down a deep rabbit hole with the Shira it's like it's one of those things but at the same time with the Shira fan base a lot of people that created show was knocking the old audience for not having quote unquote views even though that was never the case because mm-hmm. because the old Shira was written by women even the He-Man show had mostly women working on that. Mm. So it's like one of those things that a Japanese culture, too, once again, has always been, I don't know, streets ahead because they always have gender-fluid characters. They always um, had issues with sexual... Not issues, but they always touched upon sexuality and mm-hmm. ambiguous. 
ambiguity between like the genders and roles like that. That's why if you watch anime like we all do, you know there's certain characters like um I don't know what you is, but cool, but like, hmm. But yeah. it doesn't take away from the series, but it's just like yeah. just a thought, because it's a human thought. And that's why when you have things, when you have certain characters, um, certain animes being uh, adapted for the American audiences, they switch up the um, role completely. Like, for example, Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus in the original Sailor Moon series were lovers. And this came out in the 80s, but when it came to America, the American adaptation, of they made them cousins. Yeah, mm-hmm. or just it, it friends. Was, it was yeah. their way of uh, taking away from it to make it, in their minds, more acceptable Except- when... In the original Japanese one, they're like, no, it is what it is. Yeah. And that's just what it is. It's nothing new. Like, you go right. back in any civilization, you have same-sex couples. Mm-hmm. And now how they view that is here and there, but the fact that it existed is the fact that it existed. And then, like, for example, like with Naruto and other animes, uh, Soul Eater in particular, they'll take uh, a female character that was a... A, a female that had done that was clearly um, a woman in the anime, but when they br- bring it over to America and give it to us, they change it to being a boy just because mm-hmm. they didn't want to deal with the backlash, quote unquote, of oh. two characters in a cartoon being the same. It was right. easier right. for and, them yeah, to write. Yeah, it's easier to. for them to be like, no, no, we're going to switch this up, which doesn't make sense when you're visually looking at them like, no, mm-hmm. that's obviously it is. But now you're telling me not because of America's ideology mm-hmm. towards. So an, another another point to go with that before I get to the, the next uh, the next point that we have here, Pokemon. Let's mm. look at Pokemon, the original one. Jesse and James were constantly shattering gender roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were constantly just doing what they were doing. They were very Daffy Duck and Buzz Bunny, right? And, yeah. and like he'd be wearing a dress, she'd be wearing a tuxedo, <laughs> and, and it's it, it, the fact that it is so normal. It is so just that's what we that's what they do, you know. Yeah. Was amazing because you don't see that. You don't see mm-hmm. a lot of that. And it, it was just, again, their shtick. Yes. <laughs> Meowth was their kid. They both had this gender-fluid idea about everything. And it was amazing. Okay. Now, with Pokemon, that did originate in Japan. Of course. Yeah. But then we get an Americanized version, and we see, even from that, even from us getting Dragon Ball, even from the influence we got in the early 90s, and even in the 80s, when we got Astro Boy, mm-hmm. when you know it started kind of flooding in that there was all these other animations, Transformers was created and was groundbreaking. Yeah, and still had that influence. Now, my question is, the importance of this influence. Mm-hmm. In what ways would you say it's changed our media, and in what ways has it bettered our media? I think the detail. It improved our detail in animation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look back into American cartoons and animated films or anything like that, we didn't have the amount of detail the human... And even though anime is known for their, like, exaggerated features, the big breasts, the big heads, or their hair that's, like, right, right. crazy. Yes. Or um, their fashion. But... It brought something to our cartoon where it's like, it doesn't just have to be like a basic one-dimension drawing that's just running around. Of course, of course. Yeah. And I have to say, off topic, but anime cartoons are the only ones that I can watch and still get hungry. Because have you watched the food that they cook in the anime? It's not fair. Yes. Because I'm never going to have any fun or ramen that is that. Exactly. uh, I'm so glad you brought it up because I didn't realize that until you said it, but they will take more time 
animating and designing the food. Yes. Then they do the rest of the fucking anime. Because when they the eat, flame that's they cooking eat. has a face and it's smiling and it's happy to the cook steam your food. coming off all but the that, shrimps. But then a man character can be just slightly far enough that it, their face is just two dots for an eye, eyes in the yeah. mouth. Saliva. Yeah. Wait a yeah. second. <laughs> and it, it, it's just those little things. That we didn't have in our cartoon. Right. That, the attention to detail. detail. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, story arc as well. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, of course. So in depth and character buildup was yeah. amazing. Instead of quick arcs, you now get stories that can be drawn out and fleshed out to their full purpose. Mm-hmm. Serialized. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Kind of uh, like how uh, Marvel did in comic books when it went from like. They, it was a time and point when comic books were like one comic book. That's a story. Then Marvel started bringing like no. To be continued, mm-hmm. and it carried on. Then you had crossovers with the Avengers. Oh, they made mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. Now they made the X Men. Now they all meet Galactus in a huge and a huge company crossover. And that's one of the things too. Like with anime, it was created um, as a counterculture to like the Atomic Age. After you know, Japan or was it here? The bombs drop on Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. That's when the creator of um, anime. Um, Got inspired, but I, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know his name. But I know his name. But he gave us Astro Boy, and he was also a fan of Walt Disney. So he took the white Walt. He took the Walt Disney approach, and he made his characters um, with big eyes. He gave him very American mm-hmm. features and things of that nature. And we got Astro Boy. Astro Boy, and from kind of like that Betty Boot feel. Exactly, and from yes, there, absolutely. that was the foundation, and everything else rose from the ashes of like a nuclear wasteland of a country. Yeah, or mm-hmm. a part of a country. I'm not gonna do that, but. For every action, there's a counteraction. Mm-hmm. And from that tragedy of that time period, we have a culture that we are influenced from right now. So, yeah. Well, and I'll even say uh, one of the more recent shows um, that is one of my absolute favorites, Steven Universe, mm-hmm. right takes too. a decent amount from that, but it still creates its own story. And it's not overtly anime or Japanese-based uh, or mm-hmm. influenced, but you see it. Yeah. You exactly. hear it, and, and you're like, this is definitely a long-form story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to the transformation sequences, yes, yes. so like the dancing of the fusions, to a lot of the Dragon Ball Z fusion dance, the things of like um, gender fluidity, um, not taking things to heart, and just the overall aesthetics about a warrior's tale and just high-level concepts. Because a lot of time in American cartoons, they're very simple Especially when it comes to kids, they're very cut and dry, even with adult mm-hmm. cartoons. But Jap- the Japanese cartoons, the animes, have always pushed for a broader, a broader level of thinking. And that's why I respect Belden more. Mm-hmm. I think um, branching away from anime, another thing that we were so heavily influenced from was uh, Japanese horror films. Um, you get the grudge, the ring, but... On top of that, you have to see our style went from, like, blood and gore horror films to more of a supernatural feel. You get the classic um, ghost with the long hair that's covering the face, their movement, which is kind of jerky. Um, And the storylines, they're more in-depth and more about vengeance of a ghost and... You get those feels from the Japanese culture or Asian culture in general with their horror films that they introduce to America, and a lot of directors are taking inspiration from that. I mean, you get the Insidious, um, you get the Conjuring series. So, yeah, I, I think not just in anime, but in horror films, even action films, um, you see our fighting style. You, John Wick took from 
a lot of the fighting styles with John Wilson from um, I can't believe it's been um, John Woo. Yeah, the John Woo film. Um, yeah, Gun Fu was created by his style because he had what the replacement killers. He did Mission Impossible Two. Yep. At um, Face Off, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his style of cinematography was definitely unique, and Hollywood's always looking for that next new thing. Yeah. And sometimes that does come from the Asian community. Mm-hmm. And that's very... I'm glad you brought it up, too, because like, even with that, like The Ring, and when all those movies are popping, we got The Ring because they adapted it from the Japanese version, because yeah. it was hit there. We tried to make it a hit here. We did to a degree, and then you get the other movies that try to follow suit. So then it also bursts a new subgenre of films in American um, movies. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in the late 80s, early 90s, we had like the Poltergeist films and things yeah. like that, the Amityville horrors. But now we could come back right now and have a Japanese spin on that. Yeah. Like you said, with The Ring came out, you had the creepy girl, the jerk. The it technology. was more of a psychological instead of yes. a jump scare. Exactly. Yeah. And just like there was a movie where like Oculus was another one. Yeah. The one with the painting. And then you had the one with... um. Kristen Bell, oh shit, and uh, Christina Milian. Oh, Pulse. Pulse, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it was based off a Japanese film as well. Yeah. Kind of in the lanes of White Noise with Michael Keaton. Exactly. Where, exactly, where they're playing, the to- um, they playing off the angle of the dead being a different transmission or frequency, and you hear that shit from technology. Mm-hmm. How and they communicate definitely, with us, yeah. Exactly, and that's definitely uh, a genre, not necessarily a genre, but it's a concept that plays heavily in Japanese culture with as far as it comes as like anime and tv yeah because they're always out there thinking a little different than us in america yeah because it's a big um culture of death it, it is death is a huge culture out there in asian communities even hispanic communities where it's like how do we communicate with them how do they communicate with us and to portray that in films it's deeper now because we have that influence well and you got to look at uh, a couple other genres the kaiju, which we are going to get to in another of, this, one of these episodes in the series, but the influence there gave us Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when you take the mechs and all of that, there's um, it, it's going to be my suggestion by the end of the show, but a comic book series called Kaiju Max, which is a prison drama mm-hmm. for kaiju. So oh, you hit like a Wentworth kind of vibe where there's really messed up stuff happening and these deep storylines yeah. but it's drawn in a way where these you know and it's happening to monsters yeah, so exactly you, yeah. and you've got you've got the, the police who use their giant mechs you've got you know mm. all these things and, and then with, with uh, the movies which you know the s- monsters and the aliens and everything from the right. eastern culture for so our next many episode is, yeah it's and amazing. then even more of the adaptations Seven Samurai mm-hmm. Magnificent Seven Reboot of Magnificent Seven. Yeah. They just, we, <laughs> to quote Kelsey, we want to be Japan so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. with, uh, I guess, going just slightly back to the cartoons that we've seen based off this stuff, there are some like Kappa Mikey, where it's an American kid who's in an anime high school. Mm. And then you've got My Life as a Teenage Robot. Oh, which is from Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's not outrightly anime, but you do have... Monsters of the Week in the style of Power Rangers, yes, Super Sentai, and then we've got Power Rangers, and that could be that's gonna be a whole podcast one day, man, because there's so much I could go into that right now, but I don't know. And if you don't know what Power Rangers is, you an alien, and, and of course we're, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna touch on this later in a later episode, but also just the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Yes, and there's another program, um, cartoon that came out. Um, it's part of the Gen X. That was like the ABC Family um, Garrett Cartoon Network. Are you talking about what I'm thinking? Well, not what you're talking about because we talk about it. But it was a show called Witch. It was an anagram. And Witch is actually based on an Italian comic book slash graphic novel about mm-hmm. a bunch of young ladies that have magical abilities. And it hmm. also took from the Powerpuff Girl influence of the Sailor Moon influence right, of the right. Magical Girl. That's why I fuck with it. And it had the transformation. They had elemental base powers. They were caught between both worlds. Because they lived in a normal world, but their powers derived from a magical realm, very Narnia-ish. Yes, and that's a part of my inspiration for my self-created um, pet project with my brain called um, The Warriors of Zulao. I'm not going to say anything more about it, but Zuzu. But Zuzu. It's a whole thing thing. And these bitches are magical. Right. Magnificent. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I, I imagine. I imagine. But then you've also got, you know, shows like Super Robot Monkey Team Alpha Force Go. <laughs> and I, wa- I fuck with that series, too. Like, that was a good little series for what it was. But I, I think it's just, it's kind of indicative about the influence it's had. Mm. About how even shows like... Looney Tunes got a futuristic kind of show that was garbage. Oh, Looney Tunes Unleashed? Lunatics Unleashed. Lunatics Unleashed. That was my shit. I love that show. They want to be Spider-Man Unlimited, Batman Beyond. They want to be Black (laughs) Lives. No, don't do that. That shit was cool. (laughs) They didn't like like them cook because each one of the Looney Tunes, if you didn't know about this, it was on Kids WB with Status Shock and S-Man Evolution. Each Looney Tune character had a specific power set because I think... um, Wally Coyote had electric, um, electricity abilities. Um, of course, um, the road runner was fast. Motherfucking Taz had a whirlwind ability. Anyway, that shit was popping. Don't do that. <laughs> and Daffy Duck had fi- uh, fire. <laughs> Yo, don't do that. I love that show, man. It was uh, What I'm saying is it was indicative about the change we saw in our culture. And I'd say from mid to early 90s to now, we're starting to get to a level of storytelling and I guess being a little more loose with all of it, you yeah. know? Loosey-goosey, yeah. Yeah. And, and the influence does go both ways sometimes. Look at One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how in that you do see some Western animation I still animation need to watch style. it, but I've seen clips, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get some Western animation style in there every now Season and then. Season two. Where it's a little bit more... Their bodies do like a long stretch, and it looks like some graffiti art, and it'll... Oh, man. Fantastic. Yeah. Learning from each culture and being able to take and trade and say, well, we came up with this, we came up Mm -hmm. with this, but you know what? Put your peanut butter in my chocolate (laughs) and let's see what we get. Yeah. A Reese's Cup. Speaking about um, long reaching, there was that Fantastic Four cartoon that came out a couple couple years ago that was basically a Fantastic Four anime. Mm -hmm. The show itself was decent. The animation was cool, but... I didn't think they had a lot, a lot of faith in it because it didn't last too long. And if you listen mm-hmm. to me being, and thinking to yourself, it's the, the fuck is he talking about it? Like, Fantastic exactly. Four? Exactly. Fantastic <laughs> It had potential. Yeah. They had Neymar in the episode. Of course, they had Doom. Mm-hmm. Like, the story was there. How hard is it to get it right at least once? They get it right in places. <laughs> this is like, overall, they just don't know what to do. It's, to me, and this is totally off topic of the yeah. anime, but... The, they all need to be back in the sandbox where they came from. Yes. Because we've seen, and I feel like Kelsey's going to disagree with me here, but Amazing Spider-Man was not good. No, I, I Amazing Spider-Man 2 was worse. I can agree mm-hmm. with that. But my, my question to you would be, what has been the best 
Fantastic Four incarnation outside of the comic books. Okay, if we're adding animated nine. series, yeah, yeah, I'm all nine. Yeah, no, no, no. If that's included, included, oh, included. then it would be the one you're talking about from like uh, mid 2000s. The animes with the with thing had to, like the pan. Yeah, no, it oh, was I, it was and fantastic. He had the four spray painting on them. Johnny like, had that. Uh, all yeah, spiky, they took from, spiky it felt like they took from. Mm-hmm. But that's the what movies. you have to resort to because the films were so bad. Exactly, it felt like they it's took from the movies, wrong. but <laughs> also they took from the ultimate comic books and tried to make it young. Mm-hmm. And what's what's more young and popping than anime? Yeah, no, and and there was a whole thing planned. It's kind of like how the Wolverine and the X-Men took a, a page from that book as well and that was on Nickelodeon and they were trying to it, it had a very I don't want to say edgy style because it wasn't edgy but it, it was its own style it was definitely stylized it was definitely mm-hmm. over the top and I like that pieces. more than I thought I would I'm like no I want to see Wolverine lead the X-Men but the story itself that shit yeah. was dope and how they were about to get into like the Asia apocalypse mm-hmm. just like when they ended X-Men Evolution on that cliffhanger when they was about to go all Dark Phoenix, they were setting that shit up. But like I said, that's a whole nother podcast. But that Fantastic Four, that shit was, it had potential. But the thing about Fantastic Four, people keep wanting to make it what it's not. It's supposed yeah. to be campy, like Shazam. Well, people uh, didn't realize Shazam's supposed to be goofy, silly. He, I uh, enjoyed the movie, except, oh, yeah, for, two things, except for two things. And, and I'll go back to this every okay. time. No one never told his siblings what the seven deadly sins were called, and they suddenly knew the name. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad writing, or bad editing. Two, actually three things. Two, I get that he, it, and it was a very sad moment when his mom's like, I don't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. But his family. Because we forget that sometimes moms don't want kids yeah, just like yeah. daddies. But, 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 then, but then his family's like, we're family. And I'm like, okay, Vin Diesel, yeah. I get it. You all get your own car. It's going to get wild off the, off the chain. But then the third and final thing was... Stop using gray CGI monsters. If we can pull off movies yes. like Pacific Rim, if we can have developed characters like hopefully we're going to get from Cheetah and uh, the, this next Wonder Woman, hopefully. then you can take characters from the lore yeah. and stop making them gray poop CGI monsters. Yeah. And that was my biggest thing with that. If you have the seven deadly sins, give each one of them a Pacific color and, yeah. a, and a quote unquote ability at least. <laughs> That's what we talked about in mythology film, though. They get stuck with this idea, and that's what they're glued to. Yeah. The only one I could point out was uh, Gluttony. Yeah. That was was it, because he was Fat Boy. Yeah. Exactly. So that's my thing, too. Like, Fantastic Four is supposed to be family. You could try to make it. Nobody's going to like that. It's going to be good, but it's not going to be what we want. Just make it a family film. Family movies still could get dark at places, but they're adventurers. It needs to be Indiana Jones meets the Goonies meets the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the last thing I'll say before we get to, because we're coming to the end of the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the talks are now that Human Torch will be the first one to show up. Yeah. In this next Spider-Man movie. To Quite establish right. the friendship between him and Peter. And then be like, That's oh, what? I'm on this mm-hmm. team. You know. Or at least something like, yo. This could be a whole tangent. There's, there's so much we could say about it. And when we have. For probably almost every episode of this podcast, we get <laughs> somewhere to Fantastic Four and where we like it. And if, if that's not the case, then anytime Kelsey and I are hanging out, sometimes over wings, sometimes just hanging, sitting down, we always do. Only a because fantastic. Michelle never gets invited. Yes. Okay, Michelle. <laughs> and also, I will tell you about my Kevin Smith Black Fantastic Four movie, where the thing is Ice Cube, Reed Richards is played by Denzel You're Washington. You're telling them right now. Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Washington is Miss, uh, Mrs. Fantastic. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is still Johnny Storm, and Idris Abba is Doctor Doom, and that's what Kevin Smith has spit, pitched years ago, like four years back. So, so anyway, we're getting to the end of the show here. I guess my, <laughs> uh, my my final question to you guys is: one, what is your favorite 
influence that you've seen mm -hmm. from uh, Japanese culture? And two, what would you like to see more developed? Mm. I guess I could say for right now, right now, being me, it would be fashion. Because back in the day, before all these different color hairs were popping, if you had your hair a different color, you would call ghetto, uncivilized, ratchet, because a lot of black females in our community had wig, red wigs, yellow wigs, purple. They did a lot of things very colorful because we're a... That was a, me all through high school. We're, 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 we're a peacock-like <laughs> people. We did things that people didn't feel so great about. You had Gwen Stefani come in and wear a Harajuku line of clothing and uh, makeup because she went to that district in Japan mm -hmm. and loved their culture. You also had the manga eyeliner from, I believe it was uh, Revron, uh, one of those lines, Maybelline, one of those, like manga, make your eyes pop. Then you had artists like Nicki Minaj, Katy Perry, mm -hmm. Lady Gaga start ushering in that type of hairstyling and color into their performances and to the visuals and it being and it became more susceptible to modern culture because the pop stars are doing it the kids were being were being allowed to be a little more free with it anime was rising so now we're here where you can have any color you want to have mm -hmm. and it's okay fast forward to 2000 2004 when me and michelle was in high school daniel i'm on assuming when he was in high school like oh what eight that wasn't even the norm yet either. Right. But now, right. that shit's all over the place. So mostly, mostly I want to speak from a fashion angle. Then you have people like Lupe, Lupe Fiasco, Kanye, Pharrell. Then you also have like Michael B. Jordan right now that's ushering in the anime aesthetic into clothing more prominently. And I've been telling people, I've been wanting to dress like anime, anime character. Because back when Trunks came out, I wanted a Trunks jacket. I couldn't buy it. Yeah. Next thing you know, B B2K -K out there dressing like them all day. But mm -hmm. now I got one because Hot Topic, <laughs> shout out to them, no sponsorship. I got me a motherfucking Attack on Titan jacket because I just like the style. So it's the fashion. It's the fashion. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so it, that kind of answers both questions there. Yeah. It's exactly. what you loved and what you want to see developed. And it's only going to go more it's only going to grow further into the future yeah. with it, especially with masks you could go back to Michael Jackson I think when he was looking like an Asian lady he was wearing a mask and right now Kakasuke Sensei if you fuck with Mortal Kombat or anything else Asian Samurai Ninja related you always wore a mask but if you wore a mask yeah. you was an enemy so I, 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 yeah. I suppose you, your hope is that we do get to Blade Runner 2049 yeah no <laughs> I hope we get to Neo Negro yeah. Tokyo <laughs> I think for me, like, um, fashion, it, I greatly appreciate it. But, um, you know, we see that in the K-pop culture, too, in Korea. Mm. But I, I would have to say the food oh, scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get the food oh, scene shit. and more introduction to Asian food culture. You're right. There's so much that I want to taste. Whether, it, whether it's Japanese, Chinese, <laughs> Vietnamese, or Korean, we take such huge pride in our food. And that's what represents our it culture. Shows. That I love it in our anime films, and then the fighting style. Yes, no, yeah. I, I have to agree with you one hundred percent. But can you elaborate a little bit more on the fighting style? What, what do you want to see develop from that? It's almost like a choreographed fighting, even if it's it's deadly and vicious. And fast. It's it's almost fluid, like a dance that you're watching. And I remember my mom and I were joking around. And I don't know if she was joking. <laughs> but we were watching some movie where they were flying, pretty much jumping around, but looked like they were flying. She's like, oh, but they used to do that. And no, I don't think they did, Ma. I don't think they did. <laughs> um, I need to learn that jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a very different fighting style than, you know, you see your American... Right, I mean, well... Bar fights, I guess? Yeah, bar <laughs> fights, unless you're John Wick, in which case you are Keanu Reeves, yeah. and you can do that. Yeah. 
for me, I guess I'd have to say uh, my favorite thing about it is definitely the art style in movies and in, yeah. and in shows. Because it's like we said before, certain things get a little bit more detail mm-hmm. than others. And when the others don't, it's so you can focus on that one. Mm-hmm. And like the food or like this scene is important because of the, the way that it's um, structured and the cinematography. But I feel like they've been doing that cinematography a little longer than we have. Yes. And yes, we've had some great classic movies. Mm-hmm. But now there's another way of looking at it. There's another way of doing it. It's how I imagine if Kelsey were in a fight, that's how I, how I imagine him fighting. He, it's, it's, it's a dance. Yes. And it's it's every step yeah. how he already had planned in his head. <laughs> no. Bruce Wayne, no, Bruce no, Wayne no, taught no, him to think 12 steps that's in a I, I know. It'd be a lot of me ripping flesh from men's necks and apes <laughs> and kicking ankles. You, and he'd be ripping their nips. You heard yeah. it here first. I will. I would bite huh. this shit out any place I could get my mouth on. I'm too small. It's to very light on his feet. But <laughs> That's why Wolverine should never be 6'2". I'm not getting to that right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so the thing I love the most is definitely the the way that they, the cinematography of mm-hmm. the The aspect, angles, the, angles, the hair, the there, there's so much emotion in scenes yeah. that don't even have any motion mm-hmm. in them, and that's important for storytelling. Sure. What I'd like to see developed is a little bit more of that in movies and in shows going forward. Yeah, I don't think everything needs to be a movie, but damn it, I'll take a show. Yeah, because that's another thing we've learned from their culture. Mm-hmm. You can take something beautiful and instead of cramming it into make me what someone else wants. You flesh it out. You take the time to develop it. You take the time for your characters to make sense and for the people to connect to them, whether that's through hate, empathy, love, something. Even just their minor facial expressions Mm -hmm. represent so much throughout the film. Absolutely. So we're here at the end. Uh, Obviously, another week, another uh, naked episode of all of us sitting here. What is that breeze? <laughs> Sorry, I've been blowing that way the whole time. <laughs> That's called a southern miss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, obviously, thank you guys for doing this again another week. Um, where can the people find you, and what's one thing you would plug based off of this conversation? People, get out there. Don't be intimidated by subtitles or dubbed films. Get out mm. there and watch it. And uh, you can find me on Instagram as M. Lee Gideon or Michelle Gideon on Facebook. All right, Kelsey. There's a couple things I'm going to recommend real quick. First and foremost, I'm going to recommend arguably the greatest uh, American-created animated series of all time. I'm going to count both of them into this um, recommendation. That's going to be Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Avatar is on Netflix right now. Korra will be on there August 14th. Mm. And if you pair them together... I really can't say it's not the greatest animated American program of all time, series-wise. And the fact that it is based on Japanese culture and the anime um, foundation just makes it even more unique in itself over over here. And anybody that watches both American cartoons, of course, and anime will tell you anime is where it's, be- where it's at when it comes to just animation, story arc, and character development as is, especially when you're an adult and you're outside, you know, your adolescence and you just want to see bright things and punchy punchy. Right, right, right. You care about these characters, you cry for these characters, you laugh with these characters, you regret with these characters. And second of all, would not be the movie, but the actual comic book of Scott Pilgrim versus the mm. World. Oh, Because yeah, it is yeah. a straight up manga. Point blank, period. The comic book is wonderful. And you do get the hints here and there of, you know, 
It's literally drawn like a manga. Yeah. And it's like... Except for the, you know, it does read uh, left to right. Exactly. And I had to explain that that to a mom because her daughter wanted My Hero Academia. And you're like, that goes right to left. And she's like, is this how you're like, yes, ma'am, because if you don't read this right, they'd be like, no, 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 go back to the front, you Westerner. (laughs) Flip that son back around, the son bitch around, and start like this. Mm -hmm. So those are my two to get out here. And always, you can find me, Kels for show, Snapchat, Instagram, Kelsey DeAndre Greer, my full govy. On Facebook and always Mondays, recording this shit somewhere. The weekend, I'm somewhere downtown. Mm-hmm. Weekday, I'm somewhere downtown. And if I'm not, then you don't need to be around. Wow. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> for me, my uh, recommendation, as I said earlier, is Kaiju Max. If you're a fan of Wentworth or Kaiju any kind of pris- prison drama, but you also love the outlandish and extravagant nature of giant robots and kaiju. Is there prison butt stuff in there too? Yes. There's also Mecha, the Mecha Godzilla character who has now found enlightenment in the cloud Mm. and we all go to the cloud one day Mm. and then you get the Godzilla. Yeah. Come on. We're already there. (laughs) And then you get the the, the Godzilla type character who comes in and is just a total Chad asshole. Yeah. And he's there and uh, he's a chattel. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, hey, Mecca me. Shit. I thought that was you. Yeah, you going to do something? Fucking do something. Angel? Because yeah. I see that shit every day I'm in the shop. I'm like, <laughs> Kaiju Max, all right. Uh, yeah, man. Kaiju Max is, is fantastic. It It's drawn in such a way that you don't expect to take it seriously. But then you read it and you're like, this is a hard-hitting story. Yeah. This is in-depth character development. This... The Scarred has a drug problem. Mm-hmm. And he keeps going into his mech and wrecking shit. Storing shit so he can fuck some shit up. And in one story, you get a, a kaiju who's working with these cops who are giant mecha people. But she's one of the good ones. Yeah. Even though her brother is in prison. He's in the kaiju max. And it's this whole... Mm, there's corruption. <laughs> there is... Brutal scenes. Corruption with a K? Yeah. There, there, there are. There's a kind family mafia kind of shit. Um, it's it's amazing. But as always, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Daniel Rojas, Instagram, Blue Morpho, one word where the O's are zeros. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Escaping Podcast. If you or anyone else you know would like to have your music featured on Escaping Podcast, go ahead and email us at escaping.podcast at gmail.com. You can catch us downtown some days. You can catch us in your dreams every day. And if you turn around right now, you can see me ducking to the corner. Nope, not that corner. Word. And I just want to uh, shout out two other series real quick, talking about comic books that were influenced by anime culture. Um... An older one would be uh, Battle Chasers, written and drawn by Mad Joe. It was one of those um, series that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, and you could just tell by the illustration that he was influenced heavily by anime, and that's why me and a lot of people in my high school loved that comic book because it looked like the shit we was watching at the time, like Dragon Ball Z and um, Tenchi Muyo and things like that that was on Toonami at the time. And his art style hasn't been emulated a lot as much as I thought it would be, Especially seeing how um, impactful the anime culture has been in comic books. But you still could see it here and there. So I definitely recommend Battle Chasers for anybody that loves uh, comic books and anime and manga. And then the next one I recommend is No One Left Behind. No One Left to Fight. The graphic novel is out now. It's fantastic. It's basically like... uh, a modernization or analogy to the Dragon Ball it's series. It's a love letter to it. Exactly, without being just right outright like, no, this is like, no, we know what it is. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fun, and it takes 
what we know from that series and put a little different twist to give you something that you can relate to and enjoy for what it is. And volume two should hopefully be coming out in 2021 because it leaves you on a, a cliffhanger. And I can't wait to see how that shit ties up. And I actually, uh, when I was at the comic book store, I, I talked to Aubrey Sitterson, the, the, the creator of the book. Because he called, he was saying, you know, we want this in your store. Can you pass it along to the owner? And we ended up talking on the phone for about 20 minutes about our love of Dragon Ball, our love of growing up with these types of shows. Exactly. And so when I first heard that, I was more than excited to start reading it. Exactly. Uh, so that's the end of our show, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We love you. And today we're going to leave you with Jettison, another track from Prefab Soul. Find him on uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, Prefab Soul. And you know, I can't get you out of my heart. Dear God, I'm throbbing just thinking about you. We love you. And there can only be one chum bucket. And remember, guys, whenever you feel like the world is being a real slave and you're tired of the mind manipulation, you can always make like a teen tight and go and become an escapee. Stay uncanny, y'all.